One of the things we always say is like, you know, go volunteer and then go get a drink after. Or, you know, go help at a park cleanup and then everyone go get ice cream on a Saturday morning. Now, if you have nothing to do, why don't you go help at a community garden and then go out to breakfast with your friends. And I personally am a big proponent of volunteering as first date. (laughs) Excellent opportunity to get to know someone, you know, the date that you're with, you know, cares about their community and you have an opportunity to chat and get to know each other while you're packing bags for, you know, uh, hygiene kits or, you know, making lunch or planting plants in the community garden. Hello, and welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, where you'll hear conversations that bring you one aha moment after another. In this uh, podcast, you're going to hear from people who are making the future brighter for us all. There is an enormous wave of goodness and progress well underway in the world that almost no one knows enough about yet. So welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. That's what we're calling that wave. And that's who we're interviewing. We are interviewing some of the most remarkable people out there in the world who are tackling problems that we hear a lot about in the news, all the doom and gloom. But experience tells us after 10 years of curating the internet for goodness and progress, that there is progress being made. You know, I noticed that the people we talk to on this podcast, they always have a bright personal vision of what's possible in the future. And we need to know what they know. We need to know what lights them up and and how we can use their way of turning obstacles into opportunity. And believe me, that's what happens all the time on this podcast. We hear from people all over the world that we're writing about on the Goodness Exchange. You may know that the mothership website of this podcast is called the Goodness Exchange. And there you have instant access to newsworthy signs of progress and innovation that just is not rising to the top of the 24-hour news cycle. So today, we're going to get on with this process of filling you full of all kinds of great information and maybe insights that you can bring to your own life and what you're doing to contribute to the world. And also, our insights from our guest today are just going to make you feel great about what's possible. So let's start by just a lovely introduction and a welcome to our guest, Stephanie Page. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, Dr. Linda. Excited to be here. Well, I'll do a mix of of reading Stephanie's bio and adding my own commentary in. Stephanie is an amazing woman. She is the head of growth and partnerships organization called Point. It's a volunteer app and a management tool that's, well, think, think of Uber for volunteering. In other words, if you get an impulse on a Friday night to do something fun with your friends tomorrow afternoon that is bringing something good into the world, volunteering and just having some fun, Prior to the arrival of Point onto the scene, there was pretty much nothing you could do with that impulse. But now Point is out there. They're connected to 1,500 nonprofits in 50 states. And you can actually find with ease a way to contribute to your community or other organizations that are right in your zone of interest. (laughs) As easy as it is to order pizza or make a reservation online for a hotel anywhere in the world. And so Stephanie is kind of at the heart of what's going on with this organization called Point. Point's recognized by the Gates Foundation for its work in the nonprofit tech space and is now available, as I said, in 50 states. And it's grown four times since January of 2022. 
I mean, this is the kind of thing we want to hear is growing, right? More access to all of us being able to contribute to the things we care about. You got to think they've got clients all through the country, like Habitat for Humanity, American Cancer Association, Society, Animal Rescue Organizations, Diaper Banks, which we got to hear more about. <laughs> I didn't even know this thing existed in the world. Apparently, it's pretty special. And then things like the Special Olympics, organizations that alleviate poverty. If you have these impulses in your heart to give back, you can use Point to connect and do things with just so much of a ease of, of the loop going on between the volunteer and the organization. And that's the other really big thing that Stephanie is going to talk to us about is that when their organization got started, they didn't realize that most volunteer organizations, most nonprofits were, were literally using pen and paper to track their volunteers and interact with their volunteers. So Stephanie is going to bring this whole tech world into our awareness to help us know how we can help. Maybe we turn on her organization, we turn uh, somebody we know that is working in a nonprofit to her, her organization, and we grow the whole thing today with today's podcast. So that's my explanation of what you do, Stephanie. I'm sure I missed a whole lot of the best points. You've got a hashtag, do more good. You've got the app. You People can interact on their phones really simply or their computers. So welcome and talk to us more about this amazing thing that you guys have brought to the world, which I say, how come it took us so long <laughs> to get here? You know what, Linda, we say that all the time, except it just makes sense. It's just needed. And you're right. We did originally start out with kind of this idea of, wow, I can book a ride from my phone. Can't get my dog walked from my phone. Book a room in Spain from my phone. But if I want to do something good, if I want to volunteer in my community, oftentimes I had to play phone tag with a really sweet 85-year-old grandma for five days to get signed up to volunteer. Or, you know, hey, I know that there's a food pantry in the church basement down the street for me, but I don't know what they're called. I don't know how to get involved. And so the whole goal was to make that easier. So at your point, anyone can download the app, follow causes that they care about, like homelessness, the environment, animals, family, education, and then sign up for volunteering opportunities by tapping go. And the whole goal is to, you know, make that instant sign up volunteer opportunities instead of picking up the phone and calling a volunteer coordinator to try and get signed up. Especially millennials and Gen Z, <laughs> we all have phone anxiety. And so calling a volunteer coordinator Oftentimes sounds like the worst and can be a big barrier to people getting involved with local nonprofits. Yeah. We, I just have to say that when the deeper Stephanie and I had a pre-call and the deeper I felt I understood what you're doing, the mo the more obvious it sounds as a one of those amazing things in this world that's a win, win, win. I mean, it's a win for the people who have this impulse to volunteer and give back to a world. And it's amazing for the nonprofits, which I hope we go deep into so people can pass the word about that your service exists. And then you've got this whole corporate angle that pays for the whole thing, which is a win for them and a win because you keep it free for the nonprofits, right? Yes, yeah, so we have one of the most robust, powerful free tools in the U.S. for volunteer management. It's just extraordinary. Okay. 
So it's good in some ways to start sort of at the beginning for our listeners so that they may have their own ideas in their, in their minds or their hearts and be, you know, thinking, ah, it's too hard or you don't know where to start. Boy, I tell you the way we interview so many folks who've brought new things to this world. And the way it usually happens is you're trying to solve a problem you had and you couldn't find anybody that was doing it. Tell us about a little about the founder story. Yeah. So I am a co-founder. I am not the founder. Our founder's name is Madison McHale Bush. And like a lot of startups, it was a dorm room revelation. And we kind of have that story of, you know, hey, I want to do something good, need to jump through a bunch of hoops to make it happen. When I came into Point, I met Madison volunteering at a soup kitchen. And I was like, this app is awesome. Like I'm obsessed with you and I would love to help you out. And so I spent time just calling nonprofits and asking how we could help knocking on there and saying, Hey, we have this volunteer app. You know, I would chalk the ground trying to, you know, say volunteer in Columbus, go to bars and pass out flyers, all of these ways to get points started. And like I mentioned, we were really focused on that volunteer nonprofit, you know, relationship. We need to have nonprofits for the volunteers to volunteer with and the nonprofits need volunteers in order to you know, use point as a recruitment tool. And one of the things we realized was nonprofits have like five different tools that they're using to manage and recruit and communicate with their volunteers. They were like, listen, a mobile first solution is great. Like we really need a better way to communicate with our volunteers. It's not email, but we have bigger problems. Like I have a spreadsheet that I am using to calculate my hours. You know, I'm using four or five different recruiting websites. Like I don't always have time to manage another recruiting website. We realized that one of the biggest barriers to that instant sign-up volunteer opportunities is the lack of management tools for the nonprofit. They were like, I really need a volunteer database. I really need hour tracking, reporting, group management. And I don't really have access to those things. My options are either like a $7,000, very clunky, outdated platform or (laughs) hobbling together Google spreadsheets. And we realized that a huge reason that volunteer recruitment was down and it was harder for volunteers to get involved with nonprofits was because nonprofits did not have the tech tools that they needed to engage with nonprofits or to engage with volunteers. Yeah, I just want to throw in here, just so people know, I am on the board of Vermont's largest agency on aging that helps folks in their old age get food and services and all that stuff. And I am constantly, my way of thinking about the role of volunteers in this world is constantly improved by being on that board. Man, it's tough going. I mean, this particular organization relies on about a thousand volunteers. And if they're not there, People go hungry. I mean, this is some serious stuff, right? And yet, I think what I hear you telling me is most nonprofits are not major, like this one that I happen to be on. They're just getting by day to day on on the heart and minds and backs of a few people who are cobbling together systems. Correct. Yeah, it's crazy. In in your example of if volunteers don't show up, people go hungry is a very real problem. Over half of the 
food programs in the US are 100% volunteer run, which is a major component to the supply chain of getting food to people who need it. And especially during COVID, that was really tough. Food needs went up and the volunteers went down and it really just proved the need for volunteers in getting basic services to our neighbors in our community. Can I ask you something too here, just to put a little bit finer point for the ordinary person in me? I was shocked when I started doing a little research on volunteerism. At least the data I found is that volunteerism has been going down since 2013. It has. That is a seriously crazy stat if you know anything about your generation and the Gen Zers. I call your generation the see it, solve it generation. You guys have, oh, I just got goosebumps. You guys have this way (laughs) of looking at a problem and knowing that if you swarm it, you can take care of it. It's the way you guys handle things on social media when something is just outwardly wrong. You just swarm it. And then then all of a sudden you got a big corporation doing an about face on something they did that was wrong, right? You just swarm it. And I really think that there's this wonderful impulse in your generation. Not that it isn't in, in mine, but it's just something unique about the millennials and Gen Zers that's going to change this world for the better. But if our systems aren't connecting the people with need and the people who want to do good, we can't even get out of the starting gate. Oh, yeah, exactly. I am also so impressed with these generations. I always say Gen Z is going to save the world. <laughs> like the kids are all right. And yeah, it's true. Volunteering you know, has been going down because habits are different. Ignoring the internet age and the age of information, boomers and Gen X like to choose one specific nonprofit and kind of stick with it in terms of donations and volunteers. You know, like, hey, I have this nonprofit. I want to be really committed to it. I want to build a relationship with these this nonprofit and have it be consistent. Millennials and Gen Z care a lot more about a specific cause than a connecting with a specific nonprofit, which is one of the reasons why we made point cause-based. If I really care about the environment, I might want to support a clean water nonprofit in my city. I might want to support a park cleanup. I might want to support a nonprofit that removes invasive species and kind of giving the younger generations that tool to engage with certain causes from multiple nonprofits is a better way to engage this generation. And I also think there's something to be said for this notion that you guys, you guys do things together. It's just very, very intuitive. Like this could actually happen. It seems so strange to me when, when you said it. And then of course I, I see the beauty in it, but somewhere I read an article in Forbes magazine. I think about you guys. And there's this thought that you could on a Friday night be drilling through your phone and and have six friends that you just adore and have this impulse to suddenly say, hey, let's volunteer for something together tomorrow afternoon. Anybody got time? Six people do. But then what? If they don't know about point, there's like, oh, it's such a wasted resource. And so you guys have this impulse to make volunteering and community service and then having fun together part of one big part of the human experience. Exactly. One of the things we always say is like, go volunteer and then go get a drink after. 
or go help them at a park cleanup and then everyone go get ice cream on a Saturday morning. Now, if you have nothing to do, why don't you go help at a community garden and then go out to breakfast with your friends? And I personally am a big proponent of volunteering as first dates. <laughs> Excellent opportunity to get to know someone, you know, the date that you're with, you know, cares about their community and you have an opportunity to chat and get to know each other while you're packing bags for hygiene kits or, you know, making lunch or planting plants in the community garden. That's a really important point about how do we find friendships? How do we find lovers? How do we find just people that might walk our journey beside us for the rest of our lives is you know, if you start about caring about the same things, my, I'm very fortunate. I've been with my husband since we were both 15. And I'll have to say that if people ask me, how do you make it that long in one relationship? It's that we've worked really hard to, to care deeply about the same things. We don't, we aren't at all alike personality wise and all those other things, but we do care deeply about the same things so we can have fun in the darndest situations. We once tried to rebuild a beaver dam. Our neighbor, poor guy, <laughs> he's a farmer and he gets hay from our farm in Vermont and uses it to feed his cows. And gosh, it made him mad that the beavers had dammed up the whole <laughs> meadow that he used to. And so without asking us, he, he just destroyed this beaver dam and we were heartbroken because we're bird nerds and we like to just watch the whole unfolding of nature. And so I, I organized my kids and the six of us, we spent an entire day trying to rebuild a, a beaver dam. Now, my kids will never forget that. If we'd had a few neighbors joining us, it would be something they'd laugh about for the rest of their life because it was really messy. <laughs> it was a lot of work. It was well, did you succeed? Point. We succeeded about halfway. We couldn't do it like the beavers did, but we built back about half of the water. The water. <laughs> now, that's a really weird side course for this podcast interview to take. But I think it demonstrates what I see as so exciting about what you're doing. You know, people love a shared struggle. They want to be a part of things that are bigger than they are. And you're checking both those boxes. I'm telling you, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely the goal. We named Point Point because if you want to do something good but need a starting point, that is where you can go. Ideal. We would, you know, it's always our goal for the people who volunteer with their local nonprofits to continue to build relationships with those nonprofits, continue to understand the mission of the nonprofits, connect with the cause. And so Point gives them that really easy starting point to get involved. I want to help, but I don't know where to start. I need a starting point. And it gives them the opportunity to connect with people who have the same values. You know, whether that's you really love animals, you really care about the environment, food security is really important to you. Great way to just engage with other people in your community who care about the same things that you do. Mm, it's just lovely. Okay. We're going to continue this, this, this conversation. We have, we are offering the world something new at the goodness exchange. That's pretty exciting. That's going to bring a lot of positivity to the work environments. So we'll cut for a break here and talk to people about how we can help them get positivity in their work environments. Then we come back. We're going to talk some more with Stephanie Page. Hi, Dr. Linda here. Many of you know that the mothership website of this podcast is called the goodness exchange. And there you can find articles, a video library, podcasts, and content collections that point to what's right with the world. 
you can visit every day and you'll find the antidote to all the negative noise out there in the world. Okay, that solves the problem in our personal lives. We can choose what to give our attention to every morning and end our day with something positive. But what about our work environments? We need to feel supported and come alive in those cultures. But that's becoming harder and harder when most of us go to virtual work. And many of us who are working with others still never have shared positive experiences with our colleagues. By definition, culture comes from shared experience. So employees find it harder and harder every day to create an environment that attracts and retains other great people. Well, enter the Goodness Exchange and our extraordinary content, which celebrates an enormous wave of goodness and progress well underway in the world that almost no one knows enough about yet. My team and I at the Goodness Exchange are making certain that employees of optimistic, values-driven companies have instant access to the positive news out there today. Because science is telling us that it's time to start celebrating what's right with the world. And here's the thing. There are so many positive stories out there about astounding solutions to some of our world's biggest problems, about wonders and leaps in human potential. But most are going completely uncelebrated. Your culture can change that and can be changed by a new focus on goodness and progress. In fact, with all that negative noise out there, your work culture can be infused by a sense of flourishing. People can be sharing ideas and swapping stories of wonderful, ingenious solutions around the water cooler again. With instant access to good news, employees can stay on their feet and take turns being the one who makes opportunity out of setback. People who use the Goodness Exchange every day have a spring in their step. They radiate joy and confidence and creativity because they know a far more complete picture of what's going on in the world. If you'd like to chat about infusing the culture where you work with a tone of celebration of goodness and innovation and progress, let's hop on a Zoom. You can introduce us to your HR director or your chief of culture. You know, if used consistently, our content can give companies a way to turn something aspirational like positivity into a concrete way of being. Thanks. Talk to us at the Goodness Exchange about change and flourishing where you work. Okay, we're back with Stephanie Page. She is a co-founder of an organization called Point that, well, it's a little hard to explain what they do, but think of it like the Uber of volunteering. You can literally have an impulse on a Friday night that you might want to get some friends together and do good in the world and be able to actually do that without going through a giant process of connecting with nonprofits or even discovering what's happening in your area. It's all instant as instant as a press of a button. So thank you, Stephanie Page, for joining us today. Yeah, so excited to be here. Okay. So as we continue along here, I do want to get to have people understand about how much of this helps the not only the mission of these organizations, but also how it helps them progress much faster along the path of impact, right? But first, I want you to tell us, like, I love my guests to tell us what their vision of what the world could be if they were majorly successful. How many employees do you have now? About 20. Okay. So what if there's a world, and I'm sure there is, coming where you needed 
500 to 1,000 employees to cover all the good that you're doing, connecting folks. What would a world look like? What would that look like to my producer, Brittany and I and you, where you live, if that much connection between nonprofits and people who want to contribute to the world, where that connection was being that well? I love talking about this. My favorite thing to talk about. We are big dreamers here. So in the same way that you have your Uber app and you can get an Uber in Columbus, Ohio or New York City or Austin, Texas or San Francisco, you know that you can book a ride in any of those cities. We want volunteering to be that exact same way. So, hey, I am in LA for a business trip and I have a free afternoon. You know, I don't know what to do. I'm going to pull out points and I am going to go sign up to help at the local food pantry and I can get connected to the community that I'm visiting. We actually had someone give me this idea a couple months ago. They were like, oh, you know how travel agents put together packages. If I am going on a 10-day vacation to Disney World, if I want to spend nine days in Disney World, and then I want to spend one day of my vacation with my children and with my family connecting with the local nonprofits, I want to pack some food for the people in Florida. Great. Perfect. Would love to have that happen. To have volunteering more built into people's everyday lives and everyday plans and making it really easy for volunteering to be built into the everyday life and everyday plans. You know, you just made me think of something that we didn't talk about when we first spoke, but I'm sure you have some commentary on it. I was very fortunate. I, my, my dad was a, the old time physician who gave you his home phone number. You could call him in the middle of the night, delivered your baby, took out your appendix. So I had this incredible vision of what it looked like to be in service of others that I grew up looking at. And we did make raising three kids. Every vacation had some kind of a service related. I love that. that was part of all over the world. We drug our kids. Oh my gosh, my poor kids. And never to fun places. They they would ask us constantly, is this going to be an eating trip or a not eating trip? Um, <laughs> you know, are we going to have to go hungry because we're really in some gosh forsaken place? Um, but anyway, there was always a service angle to these family vacations. And they've grown up to be, they're all 20-somethings, but they have just made giving back part of their life without any encouragement or anything. And I, I love this angle that you're talking about there, where if we make it part of our everyday life, then we're raising a whole generation that just thinks that's what you do. And you know what? I mean, you and your husband clearly worked hard to make that happen. You put that at the center of your children's lives. And which is amazing, but I'm sure that took a good amount of hard work work and planning. A tremendous amount of work. Yes. So if we had a tool that would make it easy to raise your family and make volunteering part of your family values, then, you know, it could all of the parents who have that desire, but don't have the time, you know, or the expertise to do research on where to do good, then it would be a whole lot easier for their families to volunteer together. Ah, that is just something. And when you think about what that means, it's kind of like the car seat thing, the parents that are just militantly that you're never riding in the car without your car seat on. Their 17 year old grows up to never drive without the seat belt on, right? Like it's just part of what you do. 
or I've been a dentist my whole life. If you're, if you see your parents flossing all the time, or you go to the dentist when you're a little guy every six months, like clockwork, when your teenager gets to be 17 or 18, 19 on their own, they will just think it's what you do in life to go to the dentist. So, you, so your investment is protected, right? It's yeah, just that exactly. same thing. Like, how much goodness can we build into our everyday lives that becomes a habit for the next generation that they wouldn't think of not doing? A lot. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. I can't tell you this interview. I've already had so many moments of goosebumps. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, people may have volunteering part of their life right now, or they may have had lots of really good intentions, but for the reasons exactly that you're pointing out, they never could get started. Like talk to us about what, why people should volunteer, what it means for their lives and how they go, go about their daily lives, or what does it mean to live a good life? And yeah, is that a part of it? Absolutely. <laughs> the question, what does it mean to live a good life? That is a, a big answer. So I'll just chuck away at one part of it and talk about volunteering. And just as a kind of small caveat here, I think there is a lot of living a life of service that involves like the mutual aid aspect, like, oh, you know, your neighbor lost their job and you're going to buy them groceries. And I think that is a massive piece of service. My job and our jobs at Point specifically focus on the agency level. So the nonprofits who are have the business structure in place to get lots of food and things like that. So that is is my little piece of this conversation. So why should people volunteer? There are a million reasons. First of all, it makes you feel good when you accomplish a task and you know that you are accomplishing a task for other people. That elevates your heart rate, raises your dopamine levels, and just ultimately it makes you feel good. There are hundreds of studies that prove that people who volunteer feel more satisfaction with their life than people who don't volunteer. And there are a lot of reasons for that. First of all, it feels good <laughs> helping other people and it feels like your life has a bigger purpose. But there are also a lot of quote unquote selfish reasons to volunteer. For example, you know, networking. If you just moved to a new city and you want to make some friends or you want to get to know the, the city and the community and the culture, volunteering is an excellent way to do that. It's a great way to understand your city. Each city and each community has different needs and volunteering puts you at the forefront of your city's needs. It connects you with the people in your city helping your city's specific needs, which is very cool and kind of has that hyper-local aspect to it. Where you gonna, know, I'm just going to own it right now. I'm If people see me looking down and chicken scratching, I'm taking so many notes on what <laughs> Stephanie is saying. I love that point, Stephanie. You know, it can be pretty lonely out there. Even if you're growing up in the city that you feel like you know, things can change enough that the people you knew moved away or that your neighborhood's completely transformed or what have you, you wind up moving out of the house to a new neighborhood. I love this whole aspect of how volunteerism makes you feel all of a sudden connected in so many different ways. Yeah, it absolutely does. It's incredible. One of the most popular questions that we get asked is, you know, hey, I just moved to this city. Like, how can I get involved? And that is another dream 
that we have for point is all of the apartment buildings when someone moves in and you get that like welcome home packet or you buy a house and you have the welcome home packet you have like hey here are three ways that you can volunteer in your new neighborhood which would just be awesome and a great way to connect someone to their community oh is that is just waiting to happen that i hope a realtor or someone who is just <laughs> to make that happen listens to this podcast and makes it happen and gets a hold of you we might as well we're going to do this at the end but how can people get a hold of you, Stephanie? Because if there's somebody that's really turning along with us in this conversation, I bet you they're scrambling to figure out how to connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So our website is pointapp.org, P-O-I-N-T-A-P-P.org. You can find us at pointapp on all social medias. Great. And you can okay. also download points on the App Store or on Google Play. So talk to us, just give us a little window into... Again, if we know someone who works at a nonprofit, if we are one, tell us how this all looks. We've been talking about how it looks from the volunteer standpoint. Tell us how it looks for what you're doing looks to the nonprofit administrator. Yeah, absolutely. So point is, I'm going to use some tech words here, but it's kind of like Eventbrite meets Salesforce for volunteering management. We've got the Eventbrite, so to speak, side where nonprofits can post their volunteer opportunities and those volunteer opportunities show up on the app for volunteers in their community to find, sign up for, add to their calendar, get automatic notifications, the whole nine yards. And then we have a whole chunk of management features for the nonprofits as well that they can use to manage their volunteers. So. They have the volunteer database with Point. They have the opportunity to report on their volunteer hours, automatically run those reports, which is super helpful to tons of nonprofits who need to have that end of the year volunteer report and then go back and kind of scramble to find all the volunteer hours. All of that's automatic in Point, which is really helpful. They have some other tools like group management and volunteer activity profiles, all of that great stuff. And one of the great parts about Point is, you know, we've got that recruitment tool and that management tool and nonprofits can use Point as their center of recruiting tool. So they can actually integrate their volunteer events with their website. So volunteers can sign up from their website or sign up for their volunteer opportunity directly from their nonprofit website. They can share their volunteer opportunities on Facebook or on Instagram, send out those volunteer opportunities. And essentially, they can recruit volunteers from a bunch of different places, the app, social media. They can share the links on other recruitment sites. They have their website. And then all of that volunteer information goes into their point dashboard. So they have one place where they can manage all of those volunteer events, all of those hours and all of those signups, as opposed to grabbing five volunteer signups from here and five volunteer signups from here and trying to paste it together into a spreadsheet to manage. It sounds daunting when I really think about what you're saying from the nonprofit's angle. Think how much manpower it takes to manage everything you just talked about, because I'm sure they're trying in some way, but to manage it manually. Yeah. No way. And this is free? This is free to nonprofits? We have a completely free tool for nonprofits. Yeah. 
We do have a, a paid subscription tool for nonprofits who need things like background checks and things like that. But okay. like I said, we are one of okay. the best, most powerful, most user-friendly tools, free tools for volunteer management. I actually have a story about a volunteer coordinator who started to use Point and ended up saving her 15 hours a week of man, of manual, like work, typing work. Her name is Jess and she works for a nonprofit in Columbus, Ohio called Community Development for All People. And they run a fresh food market where people can come and every day and kind of shop for fresh food. They can get fruits and vegetables, sometimes milk, eggs, that type of thing. And when COVID started, her need for volunteers rose five times. And before she had point, volunteers were calling and emailing her saying that they could come and help. She was tracking all of that in a spreadsheet. Then when she had point, volunteers could sign up automatically. They could sign up from her website. She was able to recruit new volunteers from her events being on the app. And she saved 15 hours a week that she could then use to do other things like write grants or create more programs for families or get to know those volunteers. And she didn't even look for a volunteer management tool because she didn't have a budget for one. So it was just a huge win. It saves her 15 hours a week in all of these tasks that she could then use to do more for the mission of the nonprofit. Okay. And you can imagine that same story replicated by thousands and thousands and thousands of nonprofit administrators and how much an impact, how much good could be done in the world. It's just extraordinary. I want to run something by you before we move away from talking about this, us, each of us, finding what we're uniquely built to contribute in a system like this. As I mentioned, I've been a dentist for 30 years, and I remember during the big economic downturn in 2008, 9, 10, somewhere in there, one of the things I started to talk to my patients about who had lost their jobs or college kids that were coming out of college and couldn't find jobs is that I always saw a connection. You can connect, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I always saw a connection between volunteering. Okay. If you have free time in your hands because you don't have a job, what if you just volunteer? It's something you really, really care about. Could be a local museum, could be a wildlife refuge that's near you, could be anything. But if you volunteer, you've got all this time anyway. And somebody in the organization retires, moves on for some reason. You know, none of these organizations want to hire somebody with a blank slate from outside. And if you've done all this good for the organization, there's your job. It's in your sweet spot because you're already identified as something you deeply care about. You can't help but be successful. Am I right about that? That this has something to do with our resumes too? Oh, absolutely. And I started to talk a little bit about networking before, but volunteering isn't excellent way to grow your resume and grow those skills. If you are unemployed and you are, you know, spend your days building houses for Habitat for Humanity, then Habitat for Humanity gets to know you really well. In the example that you mentioned, you know, someone retires, they have a job opening and they're like, oh, great. Dr. Linda has been crushing it. I know she has experience in this. Would you like to come interview for the job? But even if you're volunteering for a nonprofit that doesn't necessarily fit your job description, you have an excellent reference, someone who can attest to the fact that you showed up on time, you've completed your tasks, you know, you've worked well, maybe you had some leadership under that nonprofit, which is an excellent way to build out that resume. 
resume. Every year I talk at a conference for high school students about the importance of volunteering. And I talk about that. And then also the opportunity to build new skills as well. So if you have interest in graphic design, it can be tough to apply for a graphic design job without having any experience. But if you were to find a nonprofit who's like, hey, I need some help with my designs on Canva to help, you know, make digital flyers for my fundraiser and for my event. That is a great opportunity for you to jump in, support a nonprofit in your community, and then get that skills, get those skills and those experience. If you don't have any leadership at, you know, your current opportunity, at your current job, and you need some leadership experience in order to apply for a leadership position, a nonprofit is a great way to do that. Leading a committee or planning an event or joining a nonprofit board. All of these ways are excellent ways to get the experience that you need to build your resume and move up in your career or change careers. And it's free and it really supports local nonprofits. So excellent way in the world to volunteer for. It's a win all the way around. I have to say also, I'm, I do the hiring. I have 12 to 15 staff members at, at most of the time. And I'm starting to notice that some employee applications have a little section for what they volunteer for. I have one on my resume. Yes. I immediately gravitate to the people who put such a thing on their resume because I'm in the business of keeping the humanity in healthcare. In our dental office, we are very, very focused on not treating people like a number, like good bit of the healthcare system has slipped into. And so when I see somebody who cares enough to volunteer and they think enough about their role in what they can give society to put it on their resume, they are already in the pipeline with me. You see that happening too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of jobs will ask, like, what are you involved in outside of work? Are you, you know, how are you connected to your community? What else have you done outside of, you know, just job A, job B and job C? So it is an excellent, an excellent way to boost that resume. And I think that there's probably got to be something to be said for not to put even more of a point on it, but, you know, it is so hard to find people in our lives that we can, that we can just deeply connect with. And, oh, I just see this, you know, the other night, my husband and I were watching a a series, a really funny series, but we could have just paid $14. We watched, did one of these binge watching things, all eight episodes, and we could have paid $14 and just shut off the ads, but we suffered through. And it was one specific, weirdly tuned in dating app after another. And it kind of ruined me. Because <laughs> I, I had no idea that this world even was a thing. But really, really tight specific. And, and then I tried to turn it around in my mind's eye, which I, which I try to do on everything. Every time I get discouraged about humanity, I try and do a, well, you know, what does this mean is possible? And I thought of you because I knew I was going to interview you today. So, I mean, that's that's not something we should brush over, that you can find friends and future family members. Yes, absolutely. You asked me, what could it look like if Point had, you know, a thousand employees? Dating could be really awesome. If you're swiping on a dating app and you need an option for a first date, hey, here are three volunteer opportunities. You can both sign up together and go 
work in the community garden. And then if it's going well, go get drinks after. <laughs> yes. I just think that that can't be, that can't be missed that part of this equation because life is full. It's rounded. We don't have to put everything in a pocket and have our volunteer selves different from our, our looking for a partner in life selves and have our working life different than our personal life. This whole work-life balance, maybe it's all one big thing if we just pay attention to how we use our time and what we give our attention to. Absolutely. Okay. So we can't wrap up without knowing a little bit about how you get your support because you're also, as if there wasn't enough win-win going on, you're also giving corporations something that they desperately need. Talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So especially for small and medium-sized businesses, starting an employee volunteer program is tough. You know, giving your opportunities, the or giving your employees the opportunities to volunteer is challenging. One of the biggest barriers to starting an employee volunteering program is sourcing those local volunteer opportunities. So we have a nice ecosystem at Point where the nonprofit has a Point account and they are posting their volunteer opportunities. And it makes sense for them to post those volunteer opportunities every day and log on every day because they have the other tools that they need, their volunteer database, their reporting, their group management, et cetera. And so they are filling out the app and their website with instant sign-up volunteer opportunities. So that means volunteers in the community can sign up and support those nonprofits. Super easy. And then businesses also have a ready-made list of volunteer events in their in their city that their employees can go and volunteer at. And it makes it a whole lot easier for companies to start a volu- an employee volunteer program, whether that is, you know, once a quarter, we are all going to go out and make lunch at the community kitchen together. Or, hey, you have eight, volu- eight hours of volunteer time off. Here's a list of all of the different ways that you can go utilize that volunteer time off. So it creates this really nice ecosystem. The business has a can pay for a point subscription to manage their employee volunteer program, whether they are creating their own volunteer events, whether they just want to report on their hours and their community impact, whether they want to track volunteer time off, which then sends their employees to the nonprofit, which fills out the nonprofit's volunteer spots and keeps points free for nonprofits as well. So it is a huge win. And is just really helpful for the businesses to have this list of ready-made volunteer opportunities and the ability to track those hours and all of that management stuff that I was talking about before. And the businesses and the nonprofits can actually collaborate on point. We are super collaborative. And so they can, what we call co-host an event, similar to how you might co-host an event on Facebook. A business is like, Hey, I want to do a private event with you. I want to send, you know, 25 of my employees to come pack lunches at your warehouse. The nonprofit is like, great. Well, I, for security reasons, I need their name and email. They co-host that event together and then they both have that information right on point. So they're not like calling and emailing and sending spreadsheets back and forth. So everything we do is to serve the nonprofit and make the nonprofit's life easier. 
And it's a lot easier for the businesses to connect to the nonprofit when they have that same tech. You know, and that that's really where it's headed now. There's just no matter where you are in the loop that you just described, it's all about time, isn't it? It's just that uh, we're all looking for things that can help us survive and thrive. And if you're in the corporate world, you're looking for exactly what you just described, something that is not going to take 16 hours of your time. Exactly. Uh, this is so huge. And, and then in the nonprofit side of things, you already told us a story of someone now having 16 hours freed up to put towards things that may be advancing the goals of the mission way more than managing manuals. Exactly. Way more than typing up hours on a spreadsheet. Yeah. Okay. So now there's another little point here that you brought up in our pre-interview that I really want people to think about because it kind of blew me away and I've been thinking about it ever since. Talk to us about trust. I never really thought about this. Like we're looking and shining a light on and looking at websites all day long at the Goodness Exchange, this the mothership website of this podcast. And we only write articles about people that we research them incredibly deeply. And we only write articles about the ones that we know we can trust, that they are doing what they say they're doing, you know, that if we take the time to shine a light on them, that anybody who comes across these organizations are going to be filled with joy. Okay. But there's a trust problem on the internet if you aren't up to date, if you don't look like you know how to work in this digital world. Talk to us about this. Yeah, absolutely. So we just live in an age where consumer expectations are very high. The Apples and the Googles of the world who have made such excellent user experiences, such clean, intuitive interfaces have raised our expectations of how we engage with companies and brands and organizations on the internet. And the better looking someone's internet presences, whether that's social media, having a good website, etc., the more you trust that that organization is legitimate. The nonprofits that have their call to action is what we call it on their volunteer site. That is, you know, hey, if you want to volunteer, call Stephanie at this number is a lot less trustworthy than having a clean interface that's like, here are opportunities to volunteer. You can volunteer Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from five to seven. Here's the link to sign up. And it's super simple. That looks a lot more appealing and trustworthy to potential volunteers than having a phone number to call or, you know, hey, fill out this Google form. And the problem that a lot of nonprofits see is Creating a, a user experience that is clean and intuitive can be really expensive. And so that is a huge way that Point is helping these nonprofits with that website integration and the automated emails and the way you can sign up and how clean and organized it looks gives a lot more validity to the nonprofit that is requesting volunteers than simply having a Google form or something like that. Mm-hmm. We always say nonprofits deserve the same tools as for-profit businesses have. You know, Google and Apple and, and all of these big businesses have these tools that look excellent and are really easy for their customers to use. And nonprofits should have that same treatment and that same standard. 
but it can often be really expensive and really time consuming for them to, you know, purchase that software or set it up or customize it. And so because Point is free and is out of the box and is easy for them to set up, it instantly elevates their volunteer website and the trust that users have in that nonprofit. Now, you tell a great story about the diaper bank, the Austin diaper bank. Does that fit in right here? Yeah, absolutely. So the Austin Diaper Bank, oh, love them. So you you said at the beginning of, of this podcast, you hadn't heard of a diaper bank. So I'll give kind of a quick plug here. Diaper banks are just like food banks. So food banks give food to people in need. Diaper banks give diaper banks to people in need. You know, we oftentimes, when we think of babies and children, we think of like food and formula and things like that. But diapers are a massive need for babies and children, and they can be expensive. So diaper banks exist all across the US um, and across the world to provide diapers to provide diapers to families and women and mothers who need them, which is just awesome. Yeah. And yeah, the Austin Diaper Bank uses points and I can paste their website in the chat or send that to you. And on their website, they just have all of their volunteer opportunities, instant sign up. It's really clean and it's really easy for volunteers to just sign up by tapping go, get those automatic reminders added to their calendar. And the Austin Diaper Bank has a 98% attendance rating for their volunteers, which is really, really cool. And it wasn't always like that, right? They, this Correct. Is a- yes. Before Point, Heather, who is the name of the volunteer coordinator at the Diaper Bank, had a new Salesforce. And Salesforce is an excellent tech tool, but it is very customizable. So it's complicated to set up nicely. And it takes a lot of money to set up nicely. And so because she has Point, which is an out-of-the-box product, and Point does all of the automated reminders for her, she was able to boost her volunteer attendance rate to 98%. All right. So this is, it just filled me full of no end to hope. (laughs) We're going to continue this dialogue, Stephanie, too, because I hope the Goodness Exchange can connect you and, and we can be a part of lifting, shining a light and lifting your work up. Because I have a feeling that I always say this, that once we get behind something that's connected to the wider world, once we include something like that in our lives, it lifts all the boats in the harbor up. That expression, I don't know who once said it. I, I yes. love it. Yeah. And you know what? I don't know if I've ever spoken to a nonprofit representative that is doing more to raise all the boats in the harbor up. Just think about what will happen in this world of all kinds of impact and good intentions if you guys are super successful. So what do you really wish people knew? I wish people knew how easy it was to get started. A lot of nonprofits are kind of stuck in their ways of spreadsheet and email because that's what's working for them. And they're like, I don't have the time to implement a tech tool. I don't have the time to update this or update my website. And so if people knew how easy it was to learn how to use the system, takes less than a half an hour and integrate their website with their volunteer opportunities, takes five minutes, then I think it would be really helpful. And 
if people want to volunteer, they can download the app and sign up for volunteer opportunities in their city and connect with their nonprofits there. Okay, so what we're going to do is everything that that Stephanie has as far as connecting with us and you is going to be on the Goodness Exchange website. There'll be an article about this podcast. We'll give you a whole bunch more information and all kinds of things, all the links and stuff. So go to the Goodness Exchange and look up this episode and you will find a host of ways to just get started on this journey. Whether you're a nonprofit administrator or founder or you're a volunteer who always wished there was some way to start bringing volunteerism simply into your life. Or if you're a corporation that wants to connect with us, for gosh sakes, this is how it goes. When The more often we can connect win-win-win situations, the better this planet's going to be going forward. So lastly, I've got one question I'd love for you to, to fill us in on. We've had some amazing things happen in the lives of the folks that we've interviewed after they answer this question. Because good things sometimes fall on just the right ear. So here's the question. What needs to happen next to help you guys burst to a new le- onto a new level of impact, being able to help the world and help everyone that you're connecting with? What has to happen next? What do you really wish would happen next? I really wish we had a very large partner in the nonprofit space that could just get points, name and information out to as many nonprofits as possible. I think that is the, we are like the best kept secret and not enough people know about us. Everyone who signs up for point is like, I wish I knew about this sooner. Like, this is amazing. And we grow a lot from word of mouth, just people who are telling their nonprofits or nonprofits they volunteer. But if we just had, you know, one very large partner that could share point, say, Hey, look at this amazing free resource and more nonprofits at once could know that we exist. That would be amazing. Yes. And that is entirely possible that it's this whole world going forward is going to be all about what we share. So if you've enjoyed this interview and you think you might have even remote threads of connection to someone who would be inspired by this from any of the three stakeholders <laughs> angle, the volunteer, the nonprofit or the corporation, please share this episode with folks. I think you can see how much better the world could be if we if this kind of a project if point could rise to the top and that's all up to us right way the internet works is right now we're all clicking on a lot of doom and gloom (laughs) i do a lot of public speaking and this is my number one topic in the world for out there is that we are getting the world we're seeing on the internet because of what we give our attention to there and if we can we can help concepts like yours rise to the top and everyone knew this existed it would be a better world almost all, ever overnight and it would raise all the boats in the harbor up. So Absolutely. thank you so much, Stephanie, for this lovely yeah, interview. Again, folks can go to the Goodness Exchange and get links to everything we talked about and more. For more information about her work and her team's work, it goes, goes, what is the exactly the website again, Stephanie? Quaintapp.org. Okay, great. And remember us at the Goodness Exchange. We're giving people instant access to goodness and progress in the world that's going uncelebrated. And if you join us there, we can be part of a community that forms a kind of constellation pointing to people like Stephanie and hundreds, if not thousands of others who are making the future bright. And that's how we're going to get going. It's like the Big Dipper. You know, we know where the Big Dipper is in the sky. It's still just seven stars. But once you see it, you can't 
unsee it. And that's what we're trying to build at the Goodness Exchange is a constellation of people doing good in the world. And the more we can get behind each other, the more we can amplify that version of the future. So thank you. Help Stephanie get this thing to out into the light and more people will have better lives. I hope all the connections that she and I gave you to progress and goodness will carry you through your week and you start finding all the joy and wonder that we've been talking about. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you.